Garrison Hardy with your Cross Politic Daily News Brief for Thursday, January 11th, 2024. Public houses or pubs are not just places to drink beer, wine, cider, or even something a little stronger. It is also a unique social center, very often the focus of community life in villages, towns, and cities throughout the length and breadth of the world. We here at Cross Politic hope to emulate that for you and yours. That's why you should grab yourself a pub membership at fightlaughfeast.com. We need you on this ride with us, so pull up a chair, grab a pint, and join us on this ride again at Fight Laugh Feast. Now, let's get to the news and some crazy news at that. Hunter Biden makes surprise appearance at oversight contempt proceeding in Congress, then storms out. It's like a soap opera. After defying a congressional subpoena in December, Hunter Biden made a surprise appearance at Wednesday's markup meeting in which lawmakers on the House Oversight Committee are working on a resolution to hold the president's son in contempt of Congress. House Oversight member Nancy Mace addressed Biden directly. You know, Hunter Biden broke the law. He did so deliberately. You did so flagrantly. You showed up on the Hill on the Senate side the day of that congressional subpoena to defy it and spit in the face of this committee. That's what you did. The question the American people are asking us is, what is Hunter Biden so afraid of? Why can't you show up for a a congressional deposition? You're here for a political stunt. This is just a PR stunt to you. This is just a game that you are playing with the American people. You're playing with the truth. Um, Hunter Biden wasn't afraid to sell access to Joe Biden to the highest bidder when he was in elected office. He wasn't afraid to trade on the Biden brand, peddle influence, and share those ill-gotten gains with members of, of his family, including Joe Biden. He wasn't afraid to compromise the integrity of the presidency and vice president by involving Joe Biden in shady business deals with our foreign adversaries. But Hunter Biden, you were too afraid to show up for a deposition. And you still can't today. Um, I believe that Hunter Biden should be held completely in contempt. I think he should be hauled off to jail right now. Because it wasn't long ago, two of my friends on the other side of the aisle... Um, that you also believed in the, the power of a congressional subpoena. Not long ago at all, you believed in holding those who refused to comply with congressional subpoena accountable. And I stood with each and every one of you. I am the only member in this room today who has held a member of my own party in contempt of Congress for not showing up for a subpoena. And I see nothing but complete hypocrisy on the other side of the aisle. The ranking member of this committee even so eloquently put it, the lesson is please tell your children out there in America, if you get a subpoena to go before Congress, go. You have a legal responsibility to do so. So the hypocrisy is stunning. What are we to tell our children today? There's nothing the other side can say with a straight face. As the only member of this committee to vote to hold a member of contempt of my own party, let me be clear, this should not be a partisan issue. If Congress issues a subpoena, you show up, period. This is not a responsibility we take lightly. It brings no joy for us to do this, but the president's son broke the law and must be held accountable in the same way anybody else would. I urge my colleagues on both sides of the aisle to do so. And my last message to you, Hunter Biden, you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. Will the gentle lady yield for a question? Will the gentle lady yield? Will my friend yield from South Carolina? Sure. Um, I I do want to commend the gentle lady who was the only Republican who stood up uh, and voted to hold in contempt 
the Republican members of the House who blatantly and categorically refused to comply with subpoenas that came from the bipartisan January 6th committee. I would like to ask my friend Ms. Mace from South Carolina um, whether she's aware of all the case law which says that the committee has to engage in good faith interaction with the witnesses they've called and they're supposed to arrive at a solution. And what do you think about the fact that the chairman on multiple occasions gave this witness the opportunity to come before the full committee and he agreed to that? We issued a congressional subpoena, and I know with your constitutional law background, you know exactly what that means, and he should have showed up. And because of your vote and because of your statements, you should be voting to hold, hold this man in contempt of Congress today. When Rep. Majority Taylor Green began speaking to Hunter Biden, he stormed out, with Green telling him as he left, quote, apparently you're afraid of my words, end quote. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, excuse me, Hunter. Oh, Apparently, no. you're afraid Where of my words. Uh, here goes. <laughs> oh. I like to reclaim my time, Mr. Chairman. Wow, that's too bad. <laughs> I think it's clear and obvious for everyone watching this hearing today that Hunter Biden is terrified of strong conservative Republican women because he can't even face my words as I was about to speak to him. What a coward. Then, as Hunter Biden was exiting the building, a man asked him on numerous occasions, are you on crack today? Hunter Biden attorney Abe Lowell addressed reporters in the halls of Congress saying that Republicans have sought to use Hunter Biden as a surrogate to attack his father, Lowell said. We have offered to work with House committees to see what and how irrelevant information to any legitimate inquiry could be provided. Our first five offers were ignored, and then in November they issued a subpoena for a behind-closed-doors deposition, a tactic that the Republicans have repeatedly misused in their political crusade to selectively leave and mis characterize what witnesses have said. Hunter Biden was subpoenaed to appear for a closed-door deposition on December 13th, 2023. He refused to attend this deposition, instead speaking from the Capitol lawn. Hunter Biden declared that he would only appear in a public session, but Committee on House Administration Rules states that depositions of a witness are to take place only in the presence of the committee, committee staff, and designed by the chairman or the ranking minority member, an official reporter, the witness, and the witness's two designated attorneys. Hunter Biden, however, doesn't think this rule should apply to him. Elsewhere, Mexican president demands $20 billion and work permits for 10 million Hispanics before offering immigration help. Mexican President Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador recently revealed what the U.S. must do in order for the Mexican government to help slow down the flow of migrants crossing the U.S.-Mexico border, and the price is steep. 
Fox News Digital reported that Lopez Obrador announced his demands during a press conference on Friday. The development comes just a week after the Mexican president met with Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas and Secretary of State Anthony Blinken in Mexico City. In order for Mexico to help the U.S., Lopez Obrador demanded that the U.S. provide $20 billion to Latin American and Caribbean countries, provide work visas for 10 million Hispanics who have been working in the U.S. for at least 10 years, end sanctions against Venezuela, and put an end to the blockade of Cuba. The demands have to put pressure on President Joe Biden, who has not polled well on illegal immigration since he took over the president in 2021. The report noted that the border experienced a large surge of migrants this fall with around 240,000 encounters per month toward the end of 2023. However, some of the decisions, if Biden decides to go through with this proposal, would need to get approval of Congress. Lopez Albrador has not been shy about challenging U.S. politicians on the topic of illegal immigration. He recently challenged Texas Governor Greg Abbott on one of the state's new immigration laws just last month. Blaze News reported that last month that Abbott had ratified legislation that would make illegal immigration a state crime. The law, Senate Bill 4, moved forward after the Biden administration seemed unwilling to enforce federal immigration law. The state authorities will now be able to arrest foreign nationals who sneak into the country illegally and magistrates will be able to order illegal aliens to leave the country. Lopez Obrador said last month, quote, the Texas governor acts that way because he wants to be the Republican vice presidential candidate and wants to win popularity with these measures. He's not going to win anything. On the contrary, he is going to lose support because there are a lot of Mexicans in Texas, a lot of migrants, end quote. However, the law recently ratified in Texas will not punish those who enter the country legally, only those who attempt to circumvent U.S. law. And now this. Scottish parents could face years in jail for preventing kids from dressing in a way that reflects their sexual orientation or gender identity. Scotland is really making it simple for parents. Let them trans your kids or you go to jail. You may think that's an overstatement, but that's actually the plan in Scotland. Parents who do not go along with, quote, affirming their child's gender identity could face jail for seven years. Proposals published on Tuesday state that actions designed to change or suppress another individual's gender identity, causing them physical or psychological harm, would become illegal under the radical law. SNP, or Scotland National Party ministers, acknowledged that so-called conversion practices often took place in a family setting, raising the prospect that parents could be criminalized if they refused to go along with their child's declaration that they are transgender. Just so you know the extent of this proposal and how it could apply to families, one of the examples of conversion therapy punishable by jail time is preventing a child from wearing clothing of their preferred gender identity. So if Billy wants to wear a dress and you stop him, you would be guilty of conversion therapy and be subject to punishment under the law. Even if you don't do anything, the state could preemptively take action against you based solely on your beliefs. If they know you're a conservative Christian in Scotland, they could issue civil orders against you, warning you not to cross the line of telling what your kids to do. You know, like a parent should do. The Scottish National Party is currently the largest and most represented party in Parliament. They hold nearly a majority in the multi-party system. If they're fully on board with this, there's not much that can be done to stop them in Parliament. It's important to note that this is the public consultation phase, which 
in Scotland and the UK means they have to lay out the plan for public feedback. In this case, until April before moving forward with the proposal. So, my suggestion... Between now and April is for every freedom and faith-loving Scott to channel his inner Braveheart and publicly oppose this radical anti-family, anti-faith, anti-human proposal from the Scottish liberals. Classic movie, by the way. You should watch that immediately. Now we go to the state of Washington. The Democrats are at it again. Washington Democrats deem ammo a privilege as way to end gun rights. Washington Democrats open the 2024 legislative session with another assault on gun rights. This time, they hope to reclassify ammo as a privilege, one that should be subject to an onerous tax because the one thing they love more than taking away guns is taking away your money. State Representatives Mylin Tai and Liz Berry, both Democrats, introduced House Bill 2238 under the auspices of public safety, claiming access to ammunition is the cause of violence and not their soft on crime policies that go easy on criminals, including those who use guns in their crimes. The bill imposes an 11% sales tax and use tax on ammunition statewide. This would be an additional tax on top of the sales tax and any other tax that may be levied when purchasing ammunition. The city of Seattle, for example, imposes a per-round tax. But the bill also reclassified ammunition, claiming you do not have the right to purchase them as a consumer. Instead, it's labeled a privilege. The legislation creates a new section in pre-existing law that reads, A use tax is levied on every person in this state for the privilege of using ammunition as a consumer at the rate of 11% of the selling price. Neither reps, Ty nor Barry, responded to inquiries asking the basis for their claim that ammunition is a privilege. But Washington Democrats have set the stage to make this outrageous claim. Washington Democrats have consistently moved to make gun ownership more onerous for non-criminal Washingtonians. The end goal for Democrats is to ban guns so that we cannot protect ourselves against the criminals that they embolden. Instead of a flat-out ban against guns, they've hoped to reclassify ammunition as a privilege by severely restricting how much of a gun owner can use at a time. The Washington legislator approved a bill to prohibit the sale, distribution, and manufacture of firearm magazines holding more than 10 rounds of ammunition. This is meant to set a precedent claiming Washingtonians do not have a constitutional right to ammunition. Like most of their clearly unconstitutional bills, they're based on a flimsy and purposefully obtuse understanding of the right to bear arms. The Washington State Constitution, Article 1, Section 24, clearly states that the right of the individual citizen to bear arms in defense of himself or the state shall not be impaired. You cannot bear arms if the firearm has no ammunition in it. This provision, like the Second Amendment of the U.S. Constitution, implicitly includes all necessary components of firearms like ammunition as essential for the protected exercise of the right to bear arms. Without access to ammunition, the right to bear arms would be rendered meaningless as firearms without ammunition are unable to fulfill their intended purpose in defense of oneself or the state. In an ironic twist, Democrats are the best gun salesmen. Their actions are pushing Washingtonians into purchases they might 
might not otherwise make. Washington Democrats' interest in banning guns does not extend to the criminals they support with legislation that keeps them out of prison before the end of their sentences under the claim the criminal justice system is racist. By passing legislation that is clearly tied to the rise in crime, they give every Washingtonian ample reason to purchase firearms for self-defense. We have a rise in violent crime in Seattle where homicides have hit historic highs. Democrats pretend they hold no blame in this new reality. State Reps Tara Simmons and David Hackney pushed a bill in 2022 legislative session to lessen charges against drive-by shooters. It would even be applied retroactively to release a drive-by shooter serving time. They claimed the change promoted racial equity in the criminal legal system because they implied too many black people commit drive-by shootings, and it's unfair for them to be charged more than white people who don't commit as many drive-by shootings. It was as silly an argument as it was racist. Only after considerable public pushback did the bill die. But it seems reasonable to want a firearm to protect yourself when you have pro-criminal legislators pushing dangerous bills. State Rep. Roger Goodman, another anti-gun Democrat, is back this year with House Bill 1268. It would prevent judges from offering additional years of prison to violent criminals who use guns during their crimes, stacking on gun enhancement charges. It even offers good time credits or earned release time to felons serving time on a firearm or deadly weapon enhancement. Any one of these criminals released early is reason enough to own a firearm of your own. And that is your news for today. This has been your CrossPolitik Daily News Brief. If you like the show, go ahead and hit that share button for me down below. If you want to sign up for a pub membership, a magazine subscription, or tickets to our next conference in Dallas-Fort Worth, head on over to FightLapFeast.com. And as always, if you want to send me a news story, if you want to ask about our conference this year, or if you want to become a corporate partner of CrossPolitik, we need more of you, email me at Garrison at FightLapFeast.com. For CrossPolitik News, I'm Garrison Hardy. Have a great rest of your day. Lord bless.